What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Couch. In today's episode, Butsy, Zwick, and Jordan begin by giving out their QB tiers for the third edition of the QB tiers segment. Obviously, there is a very heated Brock Purdy debate within this one. And then following that, they just recap this NFL week. And then Butsy and Zwick come on and they discuss the Red River rivalry game. That is very hard to say. And just an amazing weekend in college football. I took this podcast off because my house actually flooded. So I was dealing with that while they were recording. So you're just going to get me for the intro here. And then it's just going to be the other boys. Uh, We'll be back later in the week with more episodes. We're going to have a little NBA, NBA mega episode coming out. So stay tuned for that. But yeah, without further ado, here is Jordan Butts and Zwick. Okay, here we are in our third edition of the QB Tears segment. We missed a week last week. We were supposed to do it. I think Thursday. It's supposed to be a Thursday segment that comes out Friday, but we missed it, so we're doing it Monday. It's going to come out Tuesday, fellas. How how are you guys ready? What what's going through your head? Is it is this so the weight weight been killing you? I've been waiting all morning, all day. <laughs> I'm really going to be intrigued to so to, to see where my QB falls under this QB tier. So <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. No, this is a fun one. I had fun making this. So let's. Yeah, jump yeah. In. I'm sure. I'm sure you did. I'm sure you did. Yeah, we had a great time. First bottom tier. What are we doing? We got mm. Desmond Ritter, Ryan Tannehill, Jimmy G, Russell Wilson, Mac Jones, and Zach Wilson. All of these teams after the season have to ask the question: What are we doing? What are we doing with our QB? Are we going to go another year with Desmond Ritter? Is it finally time for Tannehill to get out of there? Um, are we? Is the Russ experiment over? Zach Wilson, hopefully Rodgers is healthy. Mac Jones, hopefully we tank for Caleb Williams and Jimmy G. Who knows with that guy? He always seems to pop up somewhere. But yeah, that's the bottom. Um, Desmond Ritter had a great win, great game-winning drive. So we'll see if he can keep that momentum going. Next thread or next slide is called hanging by a thread. We have Daniel Jones, mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield, Sam Howell, Kenny Pickett, Bryce Young, and Deshaun Watson. All these guys have had, you know, they've shown success. They've shown flashes. Um Sam Howell I really like, but he he had a he went down to a bad team um this past week. So I'm not going to move him up any more than this. Daniel Jones, I think a lot of this goes on his O line, but it's hard to have him any higher than this when he, they literally can't score points over there. And the rest of the guys, I mean I guess you know, Kenny Pickett, maybe Bryce Young, they're they're young, they have potential, maybe they move up eventually. But for now, these guys are hanging by a thread. They could fall to the bottom tier at any moment. Next slide we have, pleasantly surprised, C.J. Stroud, Jordan Love, Justin Fields, Josh Dobbs, and Anthony Richardson, who unfortunately just uh, got injured and will be out for about a month. C.J. Stroud has really, really surprised me. And I was someone who was campaigning for him to be the number one pick. And even I didn't think he was going to look this good. So I think he can still move up. Um, these guys are all young fields. I think, you know, a lot of people were really down on him a couple weeks ago. I think this is where he belongs now after putting together two pretty solid weeks next tier, It's called take them home to your parents. All these guys, I think you could take them home to your parents. You, you know, they're, they're, they're nice. They're solid. They get along with your parents. They eat the food. They compliment the house. They're good dudes, um, but they just don't quite have that it factor. We got Dak Prescott, Kirk Cousins, Jared Goff, Brock Purdy, Derek Carr, and Geno Smith. Next tier is called Winning is Lonely, and it's just Matt Stafford by himself. I have him here by himself because he won a Super Bowl, and I think he's better than all the guys below him, but I don't think he's better than all the guys above him, so I have him alone on his own tier as a Super Bowl champ. Next tier, we got 2022 studs, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, and Trevor Lawrence. All these guys were filthy last year. They're all really good quarterbacks, um, but it seems like 
2022, they were a little bit better statistically, maybe a little bit better um, in terms of winning. So these guys obviously can move up at any, any point, but for now they are uh, in this tier right below MVP candidates, Justin Herbert, Tua Tungavailoa, Jalen Hurts, and Lamar Jackson. And then we have at the top, shocker, Patrick Mahomes. Those are your QB tiers. Thank you for the round of well applause. Done. Well, done. Well, done. well done. Well done. Well done. I love the new tiers. Yeah. I do love the new tiers too. I like the <laughs> I like the take them home to your parents too. It's a Her really, really is, solid too. It's perfect take them home to your parents. I think I think so. Yeah. They they're all like, you know, they're nice. They're good to your parents. They get along with your sister, whatever. But uh, you know, deep down, you think maybe they're probably not the one for you, but you still can take them home to your parents and have a nice relationship with them. So that's where they fall. Um mm-hmm. Zwick, why don't we start with you? All right. So my major gripe here is that Joshua Dobbs, I think, I, I think, I think that his Linsanity run is over. Okay. But he has looked miles better than we thought he would look this year. And he has overachieved in a maybe bottom one roster in the Arizona Cardinals. So I don't love him in the present pleasantly surprised. I think he would, he would be hanging by a thread if the Cardinals had a better option, but since I don't think they do, then I think it's okay. Other than that, you want him to move down. Yeah. He, he, I think he had three or four turnovers against the Bengals. He had a, he had a bad game. But, like, he's looked good. So, I, I mean, but it's also Joshua Dobbs, so I can't, like... Other than that, this looks pretty good. I think Ryan Tannehill sucks. Um, <laughs> you you point that out every single QB. I hate years. Ryan Tannehill. Whatever he's on there, you're like, I think Ryan Tannehill sucks. Fucking sucks. Other than that, I think this looks pretty good. I like the Brock Purdy respect. He has looked really, really good. Yeah, we're going uh, left to right, too. This I really did try to do left to right. I, I still – I don't know what to do with Tua because, like, it doesn't yeah, make sense I, to have him weird because, like, he's so, he's so not better than Josh Allen or Joe Burrow. <laughs> right, exactly. played better than them. Yeah. Like, everyone knows he's not better, and he has significantly less arm talent than both of those and Trevor Lawrence, I'd probably say. Yeah. But, like, he's played better, so you kind of have to give him that respect. Yeah, I, I think, think Lamar it's, it's, respect. I think Lamar deserves to be up there. He's been extremely impressive this year. And yeah, that's all I have to say. Lamar, Lamar also, they lost to the Steelers this week, and it was ugly. If you just look at the stat sheet, it was one of the worst, the most amount of drops I've ever seen receivers in a skill group have. So Lamar, yeah. I, I decided to keep there. I moved Hurts ahead of him. I had him ahead of Hurts last time. But Butsy, go ahead. Um. I will say, I think Geno Smith is better than Derek Carr. I think there's, I, I, I don't think Derek Carr's that good. Um, I know, like he did, they just put up thirty four against the Pats, but like he didn't have to do much to get there. It's not like he was playing out of his mind. I mean, he was eighteen for twenty six with one eighty three and two touchdowns. Like that's solid. But I mean, the Patriots literally couldn't move the football, so the defense is on the field all game, and the Saints defense played really well too. So I think it was a combination of. The Patriots just might be the worst team in the NFL, uh, along with the Saints defense playing well. And then, like, to, like you know, you look back last week or two weeks ago, they put up nine points against the Bucks. Like, so I'm not sold on Derek Carr. Um, I think he should be moved down a tier. I don't think 
he and he, you know when you when you talk about take home your parents, I think he could be the also you know the guy that used a little too much vulgar language at the dinner table. Like <laughs> okay. I think Derek Carr could be that type of guy. Um, so I would move him down in tier strictly because I think of his his vulgar use at the dinner table. Um, so I you know we talked about this yesterday, my Brock Purdy obsession, and it's starting to look like a better and better take every week. It is, it is, and. I, I, I was mainly really like, you know, I was really just doing tricks on Brock Purdy because <laughs> he saved my week from a uh, gambling perspective, but, or made my week actually semi-respectable because I got absolutely waxed by the Patriots and the Bills and the Ravens just killed me uh, last week or yesterday. But like the, the Brock Purdy's job is getting, it is not insanely difficult, but I do think, ah, man, I don't know if he's better than Dak. Like, I, I don't know. I like, I'm, I'm struggling with ranking these guys in the take your home to the parents here because I think the system is obviously allows him to to make simple reads and and you know look really good on the stat sheet. But at the same time, he's been controlling the game really well and and he hasn't lost in the regular season yet. He hasn't made a mistake. He hasn't had a bad game. He really. Like he, every, a, he, he just does his pick. job every single game. He hasn't lost except for when he broke his collarbone. So, and, and I knew you were going to like campaign for Purdy coming into this. So I tried to go like, look at some stats, like some Dak versus Purdy stats that I could bring out. If you yeah. go numbers, it's not even close. It's not even close it's to close. Even close. I'm not even going to like say a number because every good like stat that Dak has like completion percentage Purdy's is like 3% higher. So it's like, yeah. I can't, I, I, I can't do anything right now. Um, other it's, than saying yeah. like it's Shanahan system and it's easy reads and it's wide open receivers that like, that's the only argument against him. Cause he's playing as well as you would want him to. Like, let, let's look at his stats through five games. He has played five games, 72% completion percentage, which is insane. 1,271 yards, nine touchdowns and no picks. That is about of, <laughs> as perfect as uh, a, a start to a season that you could ask for out of your QB. And like you can, we can keep saying the system helps him be a better QB, which I think is very, very true. But you can't teach it. Like I mean, it's hard for to teach a guy to not make mistakes, and he just doesn't make mistakes. Like he literally has been playing probably the most impressive five games we've seen out of a QB consistency wise to start a season. Uh, and their defense is taking care of the job, uh, taking care of um, taking care on their end, taking care of business on their end. So. I don't know. I think Brock Purdy's going to keep slowly working the way up to tiers throughout the throughout the rest of the season if his stats stay this way. Because um, I don't really see much changing at the moment with the Niners because I think they're an absolute yeah. juggernaut. Dak also just had one of the worst games of his career. So if you wanted to make the argument for Purdy over Dak, now would definitely not be a bad time to do it. Zwick, are you uh, are you still pining for Dak here in in this argument, this hypothetical? Who would you rather have? It's really hard to support Dak, especially after last night and it just happened to be a head-to-head matchup. But I, I mean, I have to give it to Purdy. I mean, he's been better. He's taken care of the football better. He's leading his team better. You know, say what you will about the weapons the 49ers have and how easy Brock Purdy has it. But I mean, Dak's got some pretty good weapons to, to work with as well. So it's really hard to keep defending Dak, especially in the big games. He just does not seem to show up in them. So I I can't 
I, I know Dak is a lot more talented and a lot better thrower of the football, but he hasn't shown up and Brock Purdy has. So that's what yeah. it boils down to it for me. And so I, I guess I'd give Purdy the edge right now. Yeah. I, the only argument is like, if Dak was in San Francisco, would we think any differently about the Niners? And I don't think we would. I think, I think we might have them even higher up on a tier alone as a juggernaut, but who knows? I don't know. Purdy's been amazing. There's nothing I can say about him, but uh, unless there are any other gripes, that is it for the QB tiers. Anything else? Um, I I will say I thought Joe Burrow looked a lot better last week. I thought or he yesterday did. I thought he, was he looked so much healthier. Um, and and Jamar Chase can 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 you just keep throwing in the ball, Swick? I know like I you got some hopeful. I don't know if you have like the Joe Burrow's earpiece, but like just just throwing the ball every time because the guy's fucking open on every goddamn play. Like he wasn't lying when he said he's seven eleven. Like that motherfucker is always open. So if Joe Burrow can if if he's healthy, he's gonna make a big jump. On these QB tiers after Absolutely. next week. Yeah, I, I think he's the second best quarterback in the league. I only have him down here because he's injured. Um, funny anecdote. My dad, actually, the other day, we were running up a hill um, doing some family stuff. We were hiking, and uh, he he pulled up like, like a 50-year-old man, 50 year old man would, and he popped his calf. He said he pulled his calf. <laughs> and he started, starts limping to the car. He was down for the count for the night. He was icing, uh, limping, could barely walk to dinner. And then woke up today and he was like way better. He was like, yeah, I'm not limping as much. I, I don't even feel the need to ice it. I think I'm going to be all right by Friday. And I was like, wow, you know, Joe Burrow, he looked a lot better this week. Maybe these calves heal quicker than we thought. Maybe this is, maybe we're good. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And um, just a question. Do we think Mac Jones is the second worst QB in the NFL? Yeah. I, I think I, uh, who's worse. I don't know. Yeah. I think Mac Jones is worse. <laughs> I think he's worse than Zach Wilson. Oh, really? Zach Wilson, too. I think you could put Zach Wilson, too. I think the argument's there after last week. I think the argument's there. I think people forget real quick how bad Zach Wilson was last season. And actually, but, in every other game other than the last two. two weeks. Yeah. Fair. 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 Yeah, Mac Jones sucks. Yeah. Mac also, the we can't block. He There was pressure every – I'm not trying to defend Mac Jones. He's – He's bad. I'm ready to say that he's bad, but like the O line sucks, the receivers suck, and there's just no hope. Oh, he's he has nothing to work with. Absolutely yeah. nothing. For the love of God, right. can we just lose every game? Like, can we just yeah, like try? Can. can we like we lose out and then like beat the Jets at home and then just have two wins on the season and get Caleb Williams? Because that would be fucking phenomenal, phenomenal. Yeah. But I also don't know if the Panthers are going to win a game this year. Yeah, the Panthers. The Panthers are brutal to watch. Yeah, I agree. All right, um, let's move on. Let's. Uh, I'm actually going to take a break real quick, and then we will move on to some. Uh, I don't know. What should we talk about? We'll figure it out. Okay, we figured out what what we're going to talk about. We've been doing for the past few pods with Zwick. We've been doing the Bengals panic meter, so we're going to stick with that. I think the highest we got to with the Bengals, I think, was seven at the worst. Mm-hmm. Maybe we we were thinking about going up to eight. Zwick, they get a good win against the Cardinals, thirty-four to twenty. Where are we at now? All right, so. I don't want to overreact and say that we're back after tearing up the Cardinals, but we are back (laughs) because Joe Burrow, I was, I was somewhat not convinced that Joe Burrow looked healthy until I saw in the third quarter, he had like a 12 yard scramble and boy, did he look elusive? And that was enough for me to say, 
he's back. So I think if this offense can click, they can win. I mean, they can beat anyone when this offense is clicking. We know that. they. We know how good their offense is. So I'm all the way back in. Not that I was ever out, but I'm all the way back in on the Bengals. And this team can go places. We know that. We've seen it the past couple of years. And if Joe Burrow is playing like he played yesterday, I say what you want about the Cardinals. And Jamar Chase is, you know, as good as anyone as there is in the league. But that the offense looked amazing yesterday. And I'm all the way back in. And so you are this team. Your panic meter is all the way at a one or a zero. You don't have a panic meter. The panic meter is at like, yeah, like a one or a two. I think I'm back. Um, I think that must win versus the Seahawks for sure. Absolute must win again because um, Buffalo and San Francisco are the next two games. And, you know, those are obviously not the easiest games and anything can happen. I think we can beat Buffalo. Um, I'm not sure anyone could beat San Francisco, but so we'll see what happens with that game. But I'm back and we're back and I'm all the way in and I'm very excited. Butsy, did Burrow miraculously heal his calf with some experimental drugs, some Aaron Rodgers drugs? What's going on? We we thought I mean, we, we thought he should have sat. We were we were, we were telling him that he should have sat, and a lot of people were saying he should have sat. So that appears to be the only reasonable explanation as to how he could move like that after looking absolutely debilitated for the last few weeks. Um, yeah, he. I was impressed with how he was moving in the pocket. I think everyone who was watching the game was. Uh, really, I, I don't know, like, I don't know how, I just don't really get how he can look that hurt for the first three weeks or first really, yeah, first three weeks. And then this week, all of a sudden come out and look like a spring chicken healthy as ever. So, um, I, I'm, I'm really happy he does because the Bengals are so fun to watch when he is healthy. So, uh, yeah, I mean, if he's healthy, this team still has a lot of, lot of life left and a lot of uh, opportunities in front of them. They do have a very tough schedule. It's going to make it tough to win the division, although the uh, Ravens somehow losing to the Steelers after dropping, I think, four touchdown passes uh, definitely helps them. So I think they're going to have to put on a performance late in the season because they did drop a few early. Uh, but I, if anyone can do it, I'm, I'm very confident that Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase can get it done. Yeah, I agree. Burrow – he was like shedding tackles. He still wasn't fully healthy, but he was the first couple of weeks. If, if a guy laid a finger on him, he was going down. Um, he was actually staying up fighting for his ground, moving well in the pocket and actually scrambled. So yeah, I, I mean, it's like, it's miraculous. It's everything you want as a Bengals fan. So I think um, I'm, I'm close to where Zwick is on the panic meter. I would say, I mean, T Higgins is still hurt. He has the rib injury. We don't know how that's going to be. Obviously you want him back. Um, as you get later and later in the season, but they have a lot of time and I think he'll be fine. And the cap stuff, it it's always a risk of re-injury. So I guess I'm still at like a, and this is only the Cardinals. So I guess I'm still at like a three on the panic meter. Like there's still some stuff that could go wrong, but going from a seven to a three on the panic meter, that's a, that's a pretty good jump. So Bengals seem to be trending in the right direction. A team trending in the wrong direction, Butsy is our Patriots losing 34, nothing, on the Jordan Dyer mortal lock of the week minus one and a half bet that just makes me look like an absolute idiot. Um, maybe you shouldn't 
make your mortal lock your favorite team. Maybe that's a little biased. Maybe that's not um, something you should throw money on, but I did it anyways, and it did not work out. What What is wrong with the Pats, Butsy? Where do we go from here? Where What's the panic meter? Give me all of it. So let's start with uh, first things first here. Um, you made them your mortal lock play of the week, right? And you talked me into believing that the Patriots weren't going to lose this game. Sorry. But I had not I had not laid no 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 I have not laid any action yet. And then I watched Barstool Sports Advisors on Friday night, and Stu Finer makes the Patriots his mortal lock. And Stu Finer has been notoriously very good at his mortal locks. Uh, although the last couple of weeks he's lost uh, he lost two in a row leading up to Friday. So I was like, you know what? Whatever his mortal lock is, I'm probably going to take it uh and place the size of a wager on it. And it's the Patriots, minus one. So that along with just me being a Patriots fan, you know, led that led it to me putting uh, an irresponsible amount of money down <laughs> on the Patriots after one of my best weeks ever gambling last week. Uh, it was an absolute donation to the books. Um, I told my dad, I absolutely mega nuked whaled the Patriots. And he said, uh, it's really admirable, but also kind of naive that you like to die with your team. Um, <laughs> so, so there's that, but I mean, this team, Basically, everything's wrong at the moment. Uh, Judon and Gonzalez out for the year, or Judon's out for a sizable amount of time. Um, Gonzalez out for the year is just bad news. Um, this O-line absolutely sucks. Matt Jones has no mobility and makes terrible decisions. Um, our outside weapons are, are awful. Um, we can't get a run game going because with no O-line and Ramondre's good, he's not great. Um, he needs no line. Obviously, every running back does, and we don't have one at the moment. Um, but I love where we're at. I, I really love where we're at because oh, wow. it doesn't look spin like spin zone. Spin zone. We're not going to win another game, which means <laughs> hopefully we get the number one pick in the draft. Um, I I just I wonder, and I've thought about this for the past like two weeks now, how different it would be if we had Justin Fields instead of Mac Jones. I don't know if it would be a lot different, but I probably would have some more faith in in Justin Fields at the moment. But I mean, the reality is, Bill Belichick's had the keys to the kingdom forever now. And once Brady left, basically the reason Brady left was because we didn't get him any weapons, didn't surround him with any talent. Um, and so what does Brady do? He goes to the most talented uh, skill group in the NFL and wins a title while the Patriots are just stuck with trying to make something out of absolutely nothing. So they're absolutely in the gutter and Caleb Williams would help and Justin Fields probably would help a little bit, but still there's too many problems uh, right now with this team. Uh, I, I, I do wonder, Jordan, I, and I don't know where you're at on this or Zwick, but mainly Jordan as a Pats fan. Well, uh, how much time does Bill have left as the head coach and the GM? Because I think he should be gone as the GM. But do you, so, you, if you get rid of him as a GM, you have to get rid of him as a head coach. I, I I've been on, I mean, we've had this talk in, you know, our, our New Hampshire households for a couple of years now because your dad's been on the fire Bill Belichick train. So every, every butts die or family gathering, it comes up and it's like, I've been on get rid of him as the GM. I, I agree with that. Um, and I liked what Stephen A said today a lot that it's time to have the conversation for Robert Kraft to say, step down as the GM, you're no longer the GM. And if he can't accept that, if he can't just say, okay, I'm, I'll just be the coach, then you got to get rid of him. And I'm fine with that because I think it'd be perfect if we get a real GM and keep Belichick as a coach because I think he still has it as a defensive coach. I think he's still one of the best minds in football. Um, minimum top 10 coach, probably top six, top seven coach if you go through it. But yeah, I, I'm ready for that 
for that discussion because he's made too many bad decisions. Obviously, he he you you said Brady left because of the receivers, which was part of it. Um, first of all, Belichick is in charge of the receivers. That's his fault. But also, Belichick didn't want him back. So that's another reason why Brady left. It wasn't just like, oh, we have bad receivers. Yeah. I'm out. Belichick kind of pushed him out the door. Um, he also has missed on countless guys in the draft. Uh, Nikhil Harry was a terrible pick. Um, obviously didn't trade up for Justin Fields and just every, every, I mean, Taekwon Thornton, like he's not even seeing the field. So it's like every skill guy he drafts doesn't seem to pan out. Um, and then he, we spent like the most money on skill players a year ago, I think last year, maybe this year too. And it was like Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith, which was just horrible. So I'm, I'm ready to see him go as a GM. And if he doesn't want to go as the GM, like if he won't accept that, then I'm fine to see him go as the coach at this point. I, I would accept that because I think his GMing is hurting us too much. Zwick, what do you think about the whole Belichick situation? Yeah, I, I think it's time for a new era. Um, the Brady Belichick era has obviously been over for a couple of years now, but I think it's time for to move on. And that's not really a knock on him. I just think that it's just time. I mean, he has not, you know, especially as a GM, he has not given the team um, a lot of really good players, um, whether that's through the draft or free agency, um, spending money in questionable areas, like giving Juju the same exact contract as Jacoby Myers. And it just doesn't really make sense to me. I mean, um, you miss on the kill Harry, like you said, he passed up on guys like Debo Samuel, AJ Brown, DK Metcalf, all guys who could be really, really good on your team. And, it's just you missed them and you know that happens but when it's happening for a few years in a row now and especially a team that has probably the worst you know weapons in the league it's it's kind of inexcusable especially when you have a young young aspiring to be a franchise quarterback that you absolutely have to surround weapons with and he fails to do that year in and year out I think it's time to move on I like what you said ask him to step out of the GM role if he says no then He's done, you know, obviously. Yeah, so are, are we all, do we all still like him as a coach, Butsy? Do you still want him as the coach or do you want him gone? I, I like him as a defensive guy. Like this is, this is, this is my thing with Bill is he's probably one of the best defensive minds in football, but like we got to realize that Brady was the OC for his entire tenure in 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 New England, I think. Like, I don't really think Bill had a major input on what was being called and what was being ran um, for the offense. And right now, the biggest problem with this team is the offense. Like, and Bill's not going to help with that. And I think Bill O'Brien can only do so much too. So I'd rather bring in, and especially this new age NFL, newer age NFL, it's all about scoring points. Like, you, you have to score points to, to win football games and be successful. So, um, I, I, I would like to see, I, I would like Bill gone. I, I really am. I'm there at the, I'm, I'm at that point. We need to like hit a full reset. I don't care if we're bad for, you know, three, four years. Like I, I just want a full reset and I don't think getting yeah. rid of Bill would be like the biggest crime. I, I understand like everything he did for us. And obviously I love that guy to death and take a bull for him because he gave us six rings, but I, I, I want a full reset. I, like I can't keep dragging on. Like we, we kept the worst piece out of the whole Brady Belichick era, which is Belichick. Like we, we, we lost that trait. We lost that, 
You lost that encounter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're you're not really ever going to win if it's Brady. Looks like your father finally got to you, that, and that's fine. I, I get it. Living in a house, with him, <laughs> you get those you get those texts and those yells from downstairs every day. That's fine. Um, and I get what you're saying. I mean, there you look around the league, and there's all these young offensive gurus. You got McDaniel, McVeigh, Shanahan, like these guys seemingly came out of nowhere in the last like i don't know five six years and have just taken the league by storm obviously andy uh, brandon staley well he's defense he's he's a defensive guy so it's like I, I get what you mean with the offensive guru style obviously lafleur tonight too um but i don't know i, I just think the grass isn't always greener like but there's a lot worse coaches than bill belichick so that's right. that's where i will leave it what I'll say on that is I agree with you, but he's going to retire soon anyways. So why not start that, you know, culture reset and culture flip now, especially when you're probably going to have a high pick in this year's draft and you're going to have money to spend in. This is a good free agent class coming up. There's a lot of good players like Saquon Barkley and Josh Jacobs and a lot of really good players, talented players that, are going to become available in this next year. So I think that Bill's not going to make those moves. You guys know it better than anyone. Bill's not going to make those moves. And you got to find someone who will, because you can't win in this league without really good players. And he refuses to find really good players. I agree agree with the GM stuff. Totally. Here's my stat of the day, and I'll leave it at this. So Bet NGM posted on Twitter. I don't know if you guys saw this. These coaches have a better winning percentage than Bill Belichick has without Tom Brady. Some of these names are unbelievable. It's only there's only five, but I bet there's a ton more that would shock you, shock us. Bill O'Brien as a head coach, uh, Jeff Fisher, Matt Nagy, Nick Saban in the NFL, <laughs> and Brandon Staley. Oh, Matt Every Nagy! Hey, Matt Nagy had a. <laughs> Matt Nagy had Trubisky get to like 12 wins, I think. So that's probably doing a lot for him. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, Nick Saban in the NFL? Really? Yeah. yeah. Really? <laughs> it's a different era. I don't know. I, I I think we have bad players. I don't think we're poorly coached. So, but yeah, we will leave course. it up to uh to Robert Kraft and for the fans to decide. Maybe uh Boston Sports Radio is going to be going crazy these next couple weeks, this whole season. So we'll see what happens. Um. Okay, next we're going to go to a little bit. We're not going to talk Dallas 49ers game specifically, but we are going to ask the question is, what does this say about Dallas, Zwick? Are are they not the contender we thought they were? Are they completely overrated? They have wins over the Jets, Patriots, and Giants, three of the worst teams in the league, all dominating wins. Um, But then they have obviously got dominated last night to the Niners. Um, So what's... What's the panic meter with Dallas? I think that they're missing Trayvon Diggs a lot. And I think that their weapons on offense aren't being exploited as they or aren't being used as they should be. Um, And part of that's on Mike McCarthy and part of that's on Dak Prescott. So obviously San Francisco's defense is out of this world. You know, one of the best in the league. And Dallas offensively looked like they couldn't do anything last night. Dak, um, in particular, you know, throwing three interceptions and not really being able to move the ball. But 
I don't think like everyone's talking about all oh, Dallas's defense is so great. And I will put my hand up and say, I was talking about Dallas's defense being so great and talking about how Michael Parsons deserves deploy. And this is the best team in the league, but ever since Trayvon Diggs went out, they haven't been, you know, really close to that. And that's no one's fault. Trayvon Diggs is a spectacular player, but you know, they're missing him and it's very obvious. And Deron Bland got hurt last night. Their other really good corner and Stefan Gilmore isn't close to what he used Vander to Esch be. got hurt too. I think Vander Esch got hurt. So and I think Micah Parsons was banged up. I'm sure he'll be fine, but it's just nothing is going right. And nothing ever usually goes right for Dallas because, you know, everyone talks about, Oh, this is the year. This is the year. And then something always goes wrong and it feels like that's already going wrong and it's only week five. So there's a lot of football left to be played, but right now Dallas doesn't look great, but I'm not too, too worried just because no one looks great against San Francisco. I mean, no one has looked good against the 49ers this year because they're that good, especially on the defensive side of the ball. But only 10 points is concerning. I mean, the Giants put up more points against the 49ers than the Cowboys did, both in prime time. So say what you want about that. I'm I'm I don't think they're the elite contender that I you know I once, you know, a couple of weeks ago had them at. I think the Eagles are better. I think the I don't even know who else in the NFC because it's so I weak. Mean, but Niners, Eagles, easily, right? Niners, Eagles for sure. Like and the NFC, I don't even know. Like, Seahawks. Seahawks, uh, maybe. I yeah, no, I, I I still think Dallas is probably third, but yeah, it's just it's a different tier. We're we're bumping them down a tier, is what I would say. Um, Niners probably on a tier by themselves. Eagles maybe on that second tier, and then Cowboys, Seahawks, and maybe a couple other teams. Rams maybe, um, on that next tier is what I would say. I couldn't agree more with what you said. I do think their defense can bounce back a little bit, but without Diggs, it's definitely not the same and it's not just you know not having digs on the field and how good of a player he is but it's that whenever you replace a guy like that the replacement isn't even close so it's it's a big deal um and like you said the rest of their d is banged up too so um 42 to the niners they're not going to give up 42 every week obviously held the pats to three that's not saying a whole lot because they just got shut out by the saints but i do think you know chargers next week they play Brandon Staley on national TV. If they lose that game, then it's then it's full panic meter, um, oh, in my opinion. Because what's up? I was just gonna say Brandon Staley versus Mike McCarthy in prime time. I like someone is gonna do something very very dumb, <laughs> and that's gonna be so funny. Yeah, something silly is gonna happen. Uh, Butsy, what do you think about Cowboys Super Bowl chances? Yeah, they're they're slim to none at this point. Um, obviously Trayvon Diggs is is a huge loss. Uh. I just, I, I don't think they have all the answers yet. Like I, I, they're still, they're still missing a few like key pieces. I, I will say I, they're not, man, it's going to be interesting to see what happens when they play the Eagles. Cause I think that's going to really tell us if the Niners are just on a complete tier by themselves or if the Cowboys are, are bad, because I think we could all agree that the Eagles are the second best team in the NFC at the moment. And Cowboys should be the third best team, but like if they get absolutely shit smacked by the Eagles, then the Cowboys might just be bad. So I, I think there's going to be a lot of questions surrounding uh, the Cowboys when that game comes up in a couple weeks. But um, 
I I just don't think Dak's that guy. Like I, I think I don't think Mike McCarthy is that guy. Um, Dan Quinn, I think, is actually a, a pretty good defensive coordinator. Um, I think their offense has taken a huge step back this year. Without uh, remind me, uh, OC last year. Oh uh, remind me, Kellen Moore. Yeah, yeah, with Kellen Moore, I think that they're taking a huge step back this year. So uh, going forward, I would. Um, I'm very skeptical about this Cowboys team. I don't think Dak's great, like I've said a million times on this podcast. Um, but they red just have too stuff. many. We we talked about the red zone stuff. Obviously, last night it was more in the red zone stuff, but the offense isn't where it, it it was never where it needed to be fully to be a Super Bowl contender, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, agreed, agreed. All right, okay. Well, let me, sorry, let me ask you this: Lions or Cowboys? Okay, here we go. That's that's the team that we were forgetting that you could make the argument for. I'm still going Cowboys. I I still think Cowboys. <sighs> It's hard. It's it's really like it's hard to take the Cowboys, but I I'm gonna do it because I I still think that defense is you know above average, even though it's not a top five unit maybe anymore without Trayvon Diggs. But the Lions look good. They look really fucking good, and you know I I they beat up on Carolina, which I think we all expected them to do, and I would be worried if they didn't do. But I still yeah. think if the Lions and Cowboys were to play, the Cowboys would win. Yeah, I want to because... see the Lions play someone because they beat the Chiefs week yeah, one. Me too. No Kelsey. Uh, held them to 20. And obviously, Kadarius Tony had that nightmare game. Everyone remembers the drops. I mean, that was that was not the Chiefs that we see now in week five. So that's yeah. a good win. Fine. Then Seahawks are good. They lost to the Seahawks in OT. And then they beat the Falcons. Not a good team. Beat the Packers. Mediocre team destroyed the Panthers terrible team now they play the Bucks I think week seven against the Ravens is when we're going to find out more about the Lions that's a legit team if they win that then I'd be willing to say they're um you know better than the Cowboys but I just think it's it's hard to tell with the schedule they've played especially the way the Chiefs were but Butsy what do you think Lions or Cowboys I'm still going to take the Cowboys and you guys know me as probably the biggest Lions fan that's not from Detroit (laughs) <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm going to take the Cowboys. I still think they're a more complete team. Uh, I think the Lions have too much volatility uh, on the defensive side of the ball and offensive side of the ball because I think, you know, we saw how hot their offense started last year, then it kind of turned off um, when they played a legit defense last year in the Patriots. So I think that the Lions, like you said, I was looking at their schedule too uh, when you were uh, when you guys were talking, and they, 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 that week seven against the Ravens is a huge test. Um, I still also don't know what we're getting out of Baltimore. Like, I think their defense is really good. But, I mean, the receivers did just play one of the worst games as a skill group that I've ever seen. And Lamar still does look good. So that's going to be interesting to watch uh, in the next next week before they play the Lions. But, um, by the way, I don't think this week is a, is a cakewalk for the Lions either. They're going to no. Tampa Bay. That's not a cakewalk of a game either. I think Tampa Bay is actually pretty better than people thought. Uh, definitely and the spread spreads only three and a half towards the lions so yeah that game can be interesting too tampa's solid baker's way better than people thought everyone was fading mike evans in fantasy in fantasy this year he's way overperformed so Weird. i'm with you baker's that's, that's than, not a baker's, cakewalk baker's better than people thought huh? was anyone who, saying that on this was pod? anyone saying I that on this podcast <laughs> definitely oh, not you that's for sure i definitely <laughs> oh, yeah me no 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 i was never suggesting that i said that um but one more thing with the lions if they continue to 
take care of the teams they should take care of in statement ways like they did last week against the Panthers. Like if they put up a huge statement win against the Bucks, I would feel a lot more confident about them going to Baltimore uh, the following week. You also have uh, your preseason prediction of them winning a playoff game. At what point are we are we going back to our preseason take? Should we go like, I don't know, week eight, something? Yeah, like, like a like midway week, through or, the season. Do you want to do like thirds or should we just do a mid? I think we should just do a midpoint. Uh, yeah, like let's, let's review. do a midpoint. We'll we'll recap all our preseason takes. Some some I probably don't even remember. I have um, a really bad one that I don't even want to talk about, but everyone knows me for. <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know what you're. Oh, Matt Eberflus. <laughs> yeah, that's that's probably one of the worst takes that I've uh, ever made. Don't, don't don't think we forgot. There's there's a lot of football left, Butsy. They look better. Stick they do to your look guns. Better. <laughs> Double yeah, down. But like coach of the year, coach of the year. No, but like no respectable like, like coming like third in coach of the year voting and i'd be like I'd, I'd call that a success yeah that would be a miracle he's not miracle. gonna sniff the ballot dude <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna be like x crossed a lot off. of football left a lot of football left <laughs> his name's gonna be inked out um okay real quick we'll go jags buffalo in london jags this ruined a bet for me and butsy jags win 25 20 both teams now three and two um Buffalo, I think, is Miami now leading the AFC East or no? What's yeah, Miami's record? Like yeah, they're four yeah. and one. They're four and one. Yeah. So Buffalo now falls a second in the AFC East. Does this tell us anything about either team, Swick or Butsy? If you want to talk, did you have your hand up? Oh, I was kind of just grabbing this foam thing here, but yeah, Swick, go ahead. Um, I'm worried about Buffalo. I am sneaky hitting the panic meter on Buffalo. And just because I think their offense wasn't where it should should have been um, on Sunday and their defense is banged up. Matt Milano is their best player on defense. He's out for, you know, at least I think it was like six to eight weeks. Um, Daquan Jones, their best defensive tackle is also out now. uh, Tredavious White was hurt last week. And it's just their in their defense is getting really, really thin. And they have some tough games coming up. They have Cincinnati and um, they're going to have, you know, Miami again. So I don't. The Patriots. S- yeah. Yeah. They're going to have to play Matt Jones <laughs> and Juju. So it's like, <laughs> but I don't, I, I, I know Josh Allen is an elite quarterback and I know this Bills offense is elite. It may have not looked it on Sunday, but. I'm worried about their defense as a whole because Travis Etienne ran his way right through that defense all Sunday. And I don't know. I, I'm I'm sneaky hitting the panic meter on them just because yeah. the defense is so banged up. But I still think they're, you know, a top three, four seed in the AFC. I still think that whoever wins the next Miami Buffalo game, I don't know when it is but we'll probably win the division. I think it might be week 18, but it is not week 18. Oh, it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that could, that game could be awesome because I think that game might be for the division because Miami is that good, but I'm, I'm worried just because their defense is banged up. Yeah. So only reason I'm not hitting the panic button is they have a tough end of the schedule. They end Chiefs, Cowboys, Chargers, um, Patriots, f- probably free win, and then Dolphins. But four of the last five are really hard. Their next stretch, dude, Giants, Pats, Bucks, Bengals, Broncos, Jets. 
that's a really they could they might not lose a game in that stretch. Obviously, the Bengals look better, so not surprised if they lose. But that's like Giants, Patriots, Broncos, Jets are four of the worst teams in the league. You could make an argument that those are the four worst teams in the league. So I know obviously Jets got a good win, but it was over the Broncos. So I'm not hitting the panic button on them. Um, At least, you know, we have their over preseason to get 12 wins. I still think they get 12. Um, But yeah, full transparency, I didn't watch this game, but it does go to my point that like this team is very up and down and the Jaguars I know are solid. They have a good roster, but they haven't been playing like it. So, I mean, Josh Allen, he's just inconsistent. That's why I don't, you know, I'm not as high as him as a lot of other people are. Um, I don't believe in them as Super Bowl contenders, but in terms of the regular season, I think they'll be fine. I, I think, you know, come in over the next six weeks, I don't think we'll have any, you know, worries or or do this segment again. We might be, I think it might be um, worth doing a segment on the Giants. It's just their fall off from last year. It's insane. Um, Butsy, what do you think about the Bills? And also talk a little Jags if you want, because good win if you're the Jags. Yeah, so Zwick pointed out all the defensive issues uh, injury-wise. There, I mean, I think the whole first quarter was commercials because Bills players on defense kept getting hurt. Like, I think there were, like, maybe three out of four plays that the Jaguars ran. There were three Bills guys down that had to, and we had to go to commercials. So, Bills are banged up beyond belief on the defensive end, so that does not bode well for them going forward. My, my biggest red flag with Buffalo when we're talking about, you know, Soupy, and and like being real competitive and, and really taking this team far is the run game. They had 29 rushing yards. 29 rushing yards against the Jags on Sunday. If you can't run attempts. the football. They, they, they only tried 14 times. They don't even want to try. They only tried 14 times, and they ran the ball for 29 yards. If you can't run the ball, you're not going to win football games. It's that simple. You're not going to beat good teams. Um, so, I, I mean – Two turnovers. Uh, Josh Allen's pick, I don't really put on him. That was a play that you you know you let your receiver try to go try to go make a play, and Diggs actually caught the ball and just kind of got it taken from him. So I'm not really worried about Josh Allen. I think he's looked so much better since week one, all across the board. I thought he played really well the other um, on Sunday too. I think let's talk a little Jags for a sec because ETN looked unbelievable. Um, one thirty six for two tutters. Uh, Trevor Lawrence three fifteen for a touchdown. They controlled the game. They like they they were able to put together long drives and control the game against Buffalo. Um, even when Buffalo got a little momentum, Jacksonville seemed to be able to stop them on the defensive end uh, because the Buffalo kept being faced with like third and longs because they can't run the football for short yards and make third downs more manageable. Um, when I mean the Jaguars controlled the game, I mean they controlled the fucking game. They had 38. Uh, minutes and 12 seconds of uh, possession compared to the Bills' 21 minutes of, tw- of time of possession. So um, this Bills' offense is a little volatile. Uh, but yeah, the they, they had 48. Play. They threw up 48 on the Dolphins a week ago. Yeah. <laughs> and they looked yeah, they like did. the best team in the league. And then they go yep. throw up a sneaker. Did they have a late touchdown here? They did. Yeah, they had a they touchdown did. with 2-11 left when they were, the game was already over, right? It was 25-13. Yeah. yeah, but how funny is this? So the Bills... Uh, they were going to get the ball with like 30 seconds left or like 10 seconds left, something like that. So I'm like, there was no amount of time left. And the punter muffed it. <laughs> he was going to they were going to get the ball in like their own 20 and they, and he muffed it, um, which is pretty funny. Pretty, pretty funny way to end the game in London. I also, I don't want to take away too much from this game because it is across the pond. And I don't know if you guys know their travel schedule because part of my take was talking about it. 
it's the worst thing ever. Like they travel on Friday through the night. They try to sleep on the plane Friday and you're not going to sleep on an eight hour flight. Like that's just how much, how much are you going to sleep on an eight hour flight? Maybe three, four hours. Like you're not going to get a ton of sleep. Then you got to stay up all day and then you try to get rest the night before. Then you're it's Saturday preparing for a game. So yeah. Plus the Jags were there. So they were adjusted. Week. They were there the week before. Um, so probably bad bet by us, Butsy. We should we should think more about <laughs> where games are being played. Maybe if if they're in London, we, we need to yeah. have better conversations, better discussions about this. But we do. We'll we'll do it better. We'll do better next week. I think that the Bills. This was a fluke from an offensive perspective. Um, I think going across the pond really hurt them this week. But I think the Jaguars. I think we're seeing more of what they can do. Um. ETN was really, really, really good. Uh, Trevor Lawrence did big mistakes. So I think that going forward, if the Jaguars can continue to just dominate possession, oh, excuse me, um, they'll be able to win a lot more football games than, than yeah. we thought after the first couple of weeks. I, I think fluke is the wrong word for the Bills because I think they're just inconsistent. Like they are year after year in this Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs era explosive one week and then not explosive the next week um or or maybe they go ex- really explosive for four weeks and then they have a dud so or then they have two duds and then they lose in the playoffs like i don't think it's a fluke i think it happens with this team for whatever reason if you want to blame the run game if you want to say josh allen throws too many picks if he makes bad decisions in the red zone whatever you want to say um they're not as consistent as the niners the chiefs the Eagles offensively. So that's that's where I'm at with them. Um, I want to go watch Jordan Love drive down the field and win this game. Do you guys have I anything don't because to say? I have the Raiders. Raiders, 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 money line. I am watching better. Jordan Love, and it is not fun. <laughs> well, it's about to be fun. It's like two minutes. Yeah, they got a big four. decision. They have a big decision on the yeah. fourth and two on the Green Bay 34. Do they kick the field goal? Do they go for it? Try to put this game away? I like going for it. <laughs> Who will know coming out of this two-minute warning? You think so? Josh McDaniels uh, does usually – actually, no. Doesn't he have a he's thing if it's fourth and – stupid, dude. He, like, <laughs> he's, he needs to be fired. What did he do that was dumb tonight? Well, okay. Well, I mean, I'm sure he's done something dumb tonight. I haven't watched the whole game. But, like, the play against the, the Steelers kicking the field goal? Yeah. What the fuck was that? So dumb. Dude. So dumb. You, yeah. think, you think getting a stop then driving down the whole field again is just as likely as getting a fourth and four? Like, I, don't know. Not I, understand that I mean, season. that's that's why I believe in the Packers to go in this game. But anyways, we also just talk about how Tom Brady just like made everybody's job so goddamn easy for like their entire <laughs> lives. Yeah, everyone thought McDaniels was the uh, top five play caller. And now he I thought he was good. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was amazing. Casual, I guess. <laughs> All right. <laughs> We got a minute left in the Zoom. Let's wrap up. Thank you guys for listening. Um, we have Zwick and Butsy coming up next with college. Oh, they're going field goal. He would go field hope goal. Hope they make it. He? I hope they make it. <laughs> Welcome back to the show, ladies and gentlemen. I am joined here by just Zwick today. Just a little Butts and Zwick breaking down the college football week five mayhem. A lot of mayhem and chaos. Uh one of the better weeks of college football from a storyline perspective. We had a lot going on, Zwick, uh, that we got to break down today. Yeah, the Red River was awesome. I say we start with that. Um, Oklahoma 34, Texas 30, just awesome game. Instant classic. It feels like this game never disappoints every year. It's super fun to watch. And Oklahoma won it. I mean, they looked better 
on both sides of the ball. Texas could not get a stop in the fourth quarter. Dylan Gabriel drove right down the field in seemingly what I was think three or four plays. They went almost 80 yards. So the Oklahoma looked awesome and big upset for them and they deserved it. Yeah. I, um, when I was picking my college football team this year, I was between Texas and Florida state. And at the moment I'm happy I chose Florida state, but man, Texas is really good. Um, I did think Oklahoma looked better throughout the whole game from start to finish. And I think they did deserve to win that game, but Texas fought in an unbelievable way. I mean, when they kicked that field goal with uh, it was like a minute 10 left, I think we all thought the game was over, but the grit of Oklahoma and their QB, um, what's his name? Uh, I forget his name, blanking on his Dylan name. Gabriel. Dylan Gabriel, the way he's able to just, was able to march his team down the field and in really impressive way, in a really impressive fashion to get it done was, was awesome to watch. I mean, like you said, instant classic, one of the greatest football games I've ever watched from start to finish. Cause I think in the first uh, quarter, there was like, you know, block punt, it was like touchdown, block punt, and then interception all in the span of like two minutes. And then for the game to finish like that was awesome to watch. So I, I really enjoyed this game. I think everyone did. I mean, 95 plus thousand people in the stadium, the Con Bowl, never, never disappoints that stadium. And that's rivalry uh, delivers again. Um, let's go to, let's go to Notre Dame Louisville next. So Notre Dame came into this game as uh, a touchdown favorite or six and a half point favorites over Louisville, Louisville, number 25, obviously Notre Dame, tough loss to Ohio state two weeks ago, bounce back win against Duke, but that was down to the wire too. They scored in the last minute against Duke to beat them on the road. And then this week against Louisville, 20 to 33. Sam Hartman throws his first pick of the season. Not only did he throw his first pick of the season, he threw his first three picks of the season. Sam Hartman yeah. had no picks coming into the season in this game, ended with three of them. Uh, what did you make of his performance? And then obviously the Cardinals as well. He just looked real uncomfortable and flat. I mean, as did the whole entire Notre Dame offense. Couldn't get much going. I know they scored 20 points, but, you know, their defense was absolutely not where we expected it to be. Um, that's for sure. And looking at the box score here, um, Sam Hartman was 22 for 38, two touchdowns and three interceptions. So not really what you want to see for your, your quarterback and especially who's been playing really well this year and just brutal loss for them. Um, they can pretty much kiss any hopes of playoffs goodbye after this loss. And Louisville, Louisville looked awesome. Um, they looked really, really fun, really, really good. Defense played well, and who knows? I mean, they're they're they're, they're going to climb up, climb up the rankings this week, and maybe they can get into the top 16, 17, and it could be a really good team. Yeah, because this is a commanding win too. This wasn't just one of those wins that they squeaked out late against a really good team at home. Like this was a commanding win from start to finish from Louisville. Um, the, the part that jumped out to me about this game was how Louisville was able to just run the ball down Notre Dame's throat, uh, 185 rushing yards compared to Notre Dame's 44. Um, the, they just controlled the game. Uh, they controlled the game on the ground and, and that's what, uh, led them to, to get the win, obviously. Um, but Sam Hartman, we were talking about him still possibly having a Heisman chance if he was able to win this game and he throws three picks. 
Um, so I, I was disappointed in his performance. I expected better. I still like him as a quarterback. I honestly think he's really good. I just thought the Louisville defense stepped up in a big way. Louisville's now 5-0, and um, which I don't think a lot anybody expected coming into this year. And so Louisville now is basically probably – would you say they're the third best team in the ACC? Would you say it's Florida State, North Carolina, oh, Louisville are the three best yeah. teams in the ACC? I mean – Maybe Syracuse is good, but like sorry, Louisville's six and not five and six and They haven't had their bye yet. But yeah, I, I yeah, definitely. I mean, I don't know who would be better. Clemson has been super disappointing. So Louisville's been balling. I mean, you can't argue with undefeated and beating a top ten team. Yeah, so today the poll came out. Louisville comes in as the number fourteen team in the country. So Let's talk ACC here for a sec because this conference is actually getting really interesting, which is really fun. It's weird because it feels like the ACC and Pac-12 are not normally the two conferences that we talk about when it comes to exciting college football. But these conferences are electric right now. Um, ACC obviously has Florida State. They have North Carolina. They have Louisville. They have Clemson. They have Syracuse. They have Duke. Really, really solid conference this year. Could Louisville give Florida State a run for their money or UNC? Could he, they? Because I know Louisville does not play uh, UNC the rest of the way. I'll do a check on Florida State right now, but could we see a Louisville, a possible Louisville, Florida State AC championship game? I, where's North Carolina ranked? North Carolina is currently ranked. Let me take a quick look. Uh, maybe they don't. Oh, they're ranked twelfth at the moment. Twelfth. Okay, so. They do host Miami next week. We'll get into Miami's absolute collapse later on, but because that was uh, terrible. But uh, UNC, I, I don't, I don't know. I I think Florida State is way too good. I think that they could make a threat to play them in the ACC championship over North Carolina, and that would be an awesome, awesome game. But I think Florida State is way too good. Jordan Travis is way too good right now, and that Florida State team is just you know, firing on all cylinders. So they are very good. They're frisky for sure. They're a frisky team in the ACC. And I would definitely say they're the third best team, but right now I don't see them making a big splash in that ACC championship game. I agree. I, I, I agree. I agree with you. I think Florida state's really good. Their defense still has a few question marks for me that I think need to be answered in these next couple of weeks before they get to, uh, you know, late in the dead down the stretch late in the season, but I still think Florida state's a better team as well. Uh, let's go to that Miami game, Miami, Georgia tech, Miami was I think 21 and a half point favorites or favorites by over three touchdowns. And uh, Miami set the scene third and 10, I believe all they gotta do is take a knee, run out the clock and they win the game. But instead they decide to run it with like 35 seconds left. The running back fumbles Georgia tech somehow miraculously uh, scores a touchdown and upsets Miami at Miami. Um, one of the worst coaching decisions of all times, Wick? Yeah, I mean, like, it's insane. I I don't know what went through his head. And Georgia Tech I, had zero timeouts, too. Yeah. I, they had no timeouts. The game was over. And what he thought he was getting out of that run, what he thought would happen if they kneel, kneel, kneeled the football, just an absolute, like, disaster. And I – I'm shocked he still has a job. I am very surprised he still has a job because that is just like, it's so like 
I don't even know what to say because it's, it's simple. So it's simple dumb. math. It's simple football. It's, it's literally math. Like if you need the ball, the play clock will run out and there will be triple zeros on the clock. Fourth and whatever. It doesn't matter. You could run backwards. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yards. So, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's like mind boggling to me that he has a job and he made that decision. Like it's insane. If you're a, if you're a Canes fan, you, you had a rough weekend for sure, because that is just insane. And I'm sorry. And Miami was putting together a really good season too. Yeah. No, great. I mean, they were top 20 and who knows what could have happened. On the other hand, Georgia tech. Yes. They, I think they got the ball with like, less than a minute on like their own 30 and they went right down the field and yeah. uh, two or three plays and it's like this this could have all been avoided and i just i don't even want to talk about it because it's so it like hurts me to think about like this guy has a job it's just yeah and you know what makes you know what's in, in, in make, what makes no sense to me is the defense too like they scored with triple zeros on the clock. Somehow they managed to let a guy get behind him in the secondary. Like, yeah. just just do like every Madden player knows this play. Like, just man up three deep every time. Man up three deep. Hey, Put three guys in the cover end zone. Four drop, drop four safeties deep in the field. Absolutely no one behind you. And he couldn't do it. So I don't know how the Miami coach still has a job. It is bewildering to me. And if you're a Canes fan, I'm I'm just sorry. Like I if if I was a Canes fan or I watched that as a fan, I would I don't know if I could like you know show my face ever again because that is yeah. disgusting. And this season could go south for them real quick too, because they go to UNC next week and they host uh Clemson, who's pretty good, uh host Virginia, Virginia's meh. And then later on the season, they go to Florida State, and then they host Louisville. Like, this season could be – they could lo- yeah. easily lose all those games, and the season's an absolute disaster after this game. I don't think they'll beat UNC. I think it'll be close versus Clemson. And it's like <sighs> dumpster fire. Dump- dumpster fire. Dumpster. Absolute dumpster fire. And there's not even much we could say about it. Like, it's just it, – yeah, it, like to everyone just... listening, it just makes so much sense to just yield the football and the game's over. But uh, absolute disaster in uh, – in Miami last weekend. Let's go to surprisingly an exciting game, Pac-12 after dark. We had Arizona-USC. Uh, USC hosted Arizona. Uh, and ooh, this game was crazy. This game was absolutely insane. The way that Arizona, who was 3-2 and two coming into this game, was able to hang with USC for two overtimes. And yeah. then ultimately, uh, Caleb Williams makes a great play to get the two-point conversion and win the game. But um, – Talk to me about what you saw out of Caleb Williams. Obviously, he was really fucking really good this game. He was only he was only fourteen for twenty five with two hundred nineteen yards and a touchdown. Seems like their running game his, but he did everything on the ground. Twelve rushes for forty one yards and three touchdowns. So, I think the more impressive storyline here is the Wildcat quarterback, uh, the Arizona quarterback. Uh, is it Fifta? Fiftia? Yeah, Fif- Fafita. Fafita. There's like, I think there's two eyes in there. Fafita. Uh, 25 for 35 for 300 yards, 500, uh, five touchdowns and a pick. That's a great football game against USC's defense. So talk to you about USC's defense and do they still have a realistic chance to win the college football playoff this year? I, I can't say that they do. I mean, this team is too one dimensional right now. This offense is obviously buzzing and can put up points with anyone, but if you're giving up 41 points to Arizona and you had to go to triple overtime to beat them, then 
I don't know if you can beat a team like Georgia or Texas or Florida State. Like those team, those offenses will tear your defense apart. And this team is too one dimensional to go anywhere deep, like the college football playoff or a really big bowl game. So I don't see it for USC. Caleb Williams is obviously awesome and super talented. And we've already talked about him a bunch, but this USC defense is abysmal and everyone is running through them. They're passing through them. The secondary is awful. So I just, I don't see it for their future this year. I don't see them having that success in the playoffs that they aspire to have, that Caleb Williams aspires to have just because their defense can't hang with, if they hang or if Arizona is hanging around, then imagine what Florida state will do. Imagine what Texas will do. Imagine what like Georgia or Ohio state would do. I mean, it's, it's just it's abysmal. Yeah, I I completely agree. It's they're they're in a bad way on defense right now. Um, uh, but that's what Pac-12 does. They put up a lot of points. Every team puts up a lot of points and gives up a ton of points. Let's um let's go to a news line, more of a more of a headline here. Uh, Michigan absolutely puts a whomping on Minnesota, fifty-two to ten. Zwick, I'm gonna ask you this question, and I it might be I don't think it's a hot take, but it's just I think it's a debatable point right now. Is Michigan the best team in college football? Are they better than Georgia? Are they better than Ohio State and Florida State? I, I I know they're better than Ohio State, but I don't know if they're better than Georgia. But I feel like no one's talking about Michigan. No, no one, one is about no. Michigan, and they are just beating up on teams week in and week out, and especially a Big Ten opponent like this. Obviously, they're winning by forty-two, and I don't know. I think Michigan's here. I think that they can make a splash in the playoffs. And no one's really talking about them. Everyone's talking about Texas and Florida State and and Georgia. And I think they're going to surprise some people. Um, their quarterback, JJ McCarthy, was is is really um, talented as a runner. I know not as not as good as a passer. Fourteen for twenty two, nineteen a touchdown, and had four rushes for seventeen yards and two touchdowns. So. He is a small part of that team because that defense is so good, but he's a big part of the offense because yeah. that offense, when they get going, when Blake Corum gets going, when Dylan Edwards gets going, it's really, really, really hard to stop. And especially combined with that defense, this could be a very dangerous team come January. So I don't think anybody's going to really talk about Michigan until they play Penn State at Penn State, who is ranked number six in the country right now. we got Penn State. Michigan on November 11th, and then obviously we have Ohio State-Michigan on November 25th, which is a top four matchup. So I think – do you think that both Ohio State and Michigan, no matter that outcome, could still get in the college football playoff? Or well, if Michigan absolutely know. beats up on Ohio State, are they out? I, I think – yeah, I, I think Ohio State will slip if Michigan beats up on them like they have done the past couple of years. I don't – see it with this Ohio State team. I know they were close with Maryland for, I think, like three quarters last too week. Too long, and, too long. Yeah, for way too long. And I just don't see it. I know they're a top three team right now. I believe they're ranked number three, yeah. But I think Penn State's better, and I think a team like Florida State is better and Texas is better. I know Texas just lost, but I still think they're better. I, I don't do see it with Ohio State. And I think Michigan, if they win by, let's say they win by three or four scores, 
I think Ohio State's going to slip to five or six. And then we're going to see a college football playoff without Ohio State and with Michigan in. So the theoretical top four would be, uh, sorry, Georgia, Michigan, Florida State. And who's that fourth team? Because does Texas still have a chance to get in if they run the table and then beat Oklahoma in the Big 12 championship? I think so. Yeah, I do too. Like, I still think Texas is an elite team, despite their and, and I think, and I think Washington could make a splash too. Like, there's so many good teams, especially in the Pac-12, and I think Penn State could too. So mm, that's an interesting. That's an interesting take. Penn State is really, really fucking good. That defense is for real, and it's. Oh, I'm excited. That's all I have to say. Is it's we're we're getting closer to playoff talk and playoff speculation and it's it's awesome i will say too someone one or two teams are going to be really fucking pissed that they're not oh, going to yeah, make the college sure. football playoff because yeah. if texas runs the table and wins the big 12 championship they could still easily not get into an undefeated pac-12 team yeah oh definitely i think i think in the, my top one is georgia for sure i think michigan has that two spot unless something crazy happens and Florida State, I know they're four. I know OSU is three right now, but I think Florida State is better. And I think one of Ohio State, Washington, Penn State, maybe even Oregon is going to get left. Well, I know one of them is going to get left up, but one of them is going to be pissed because they feel like they should be in. Right. And we have a really big matchup next week. We'll get into that uh, on Thursday. Oregon, Washington. Eight versus seven. That is just going to be like a glue to my couch for two and a half hours of that football game. That's going to be an unbelievable game. Uh, Any other games you want to highlight after uh, last week, week six in college football's Uh, week? Any other newsworthy games we should mention? Because Georgia finally put a whopping on somebody. Yeah, Georgia finally looked like Georgia. Um, Alabama was okay which is kind of what we've seen from Alabama all year. They're kind of squeaking out wins. Their defense is uh, still sick. Their defense is awesome. Jalen Milrow looked good, 21 for 33, three, touch, three touchdowns and an interception. But other than that, like, I, I, if I had to choose a top four right now, I, I would put Florida State over Ohio State. And I sure. think I would put Penn State at four. Mm. Who's five? Who's five? Um, Oklahoma. Oklahoma's five. Oklahoma's five. I think Oklahoma is better than Ohio State, though. I think Ohio. I think, State... I think they're just five at the moment, just because they beat Texas. Yeah, I think Ohio. Like, is State... Texas really the ninth best team in the country? No. No, absolutely not. There's no way. So there it is. I think that that's that's Wix power rankings. That's Wix top four. Uh, I'm my top four after week six is going to be Georgia, Michigan, Florida State. Fuck, oh man, I I I really think Texas is the fourth. Best I like team Texas in the too. Right I, I think, think they're the fourth best team in the country, but I think they could easily not make the college football playoff after that loss last week. Agreed, completely agree with you. And Penn so State going to be a Pac-12 right team too. It could be a Pac-12 team, and it, it could easily be a Pac-12 team. It could easily be the winner of Oregon Washington next week. Yeah, hundred percent. Or even USC if they figure it out. They could too. I mean, there's there are. Unlike the NFL right now, there are so many good college football teams. Like the top 15, 20, like they all have realistic playoff hopes still, or the majority of them do, which I think yeah. is so fucking fun. So 
we're in for an absolute doozy uh, these next couple weeks. And then, yeah, coming later in the season, 12-team playoffs is going to change everything. It's going to make it so much more fun to watch. So that's going to wrap up the college football segment. Uh, thank you all very much for listening. I'm pretty sure we put the NFL first. We're recording college first. I think we're going to put the NFL first. Uh, so thank you all for listening and peace. Peace.